Hello and welcome to the J&M Podcast. My name is Jeanette. And I'm Miro. And today we are going to be talking about Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Yeah, uh, so we saw this movie come up on Netflix uh, a few times. uh, And we looked it up and it's a 2020 musical comedy directed by David Dobkin. And it's written by Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele. Most of the information we received about the movie is from Wikipedia, Radio Times, Variety, Looper, and Refinery29. So the cast is Will Ferrell as Lars Erikson, Rachel McAdams as Secret er- <laughs> Eric Stottier. Yeah, so Will, Will Ferrell is Lars Erikson, and Rachel McAdams is Secret Eric Stotter. Okay, Eric's daughter. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm really sorry to tell you this, Mira, because I remember you kept saying that Rachel's voice Uh was actually the voice that was singing. Oh. But it isn't. It's actually Molly Sandin. Oh. Who is actually a contestant from Sweden during the Junior Eurovision in 2006. Oh, that's cool. So they got an actual Eurovision contestant to sing for her. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then we had Dan Stevens as Alexander Lemtov. We had uh, Michael Persbond as Victor Carlson. Uh, I'm going to butcher some of these names because some of them are in Swedish. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then we had Piers Brosnan as Eric Erikson, who's also Lars's dad, is Will Ferrell's dad. Uh, we have uh, Olafur Dari Olofsson as Niels Brongus. is <laughs> uh, the president of the RUV, which is Iceland's National Public Service Broadcaster. Yeah, I'll let you butcher the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The harder names are coming up. So we have Melisanthi Mahut as Mita Zinakis. Uh, she was the contestant that represented Greece in the movie. Uh, we have Joy Johansson as Jorn, who is a member of the Icelandic Eurovision Committee. We have uh, Alfru Rose as Anna, who's another member of the committee. We have Demi Lovato as Katiana Lindstotter, uh, who's the winner of Songbun Kepin. <laughs> yeah, and she was kind of like the favorite for Iceland, like for the Eurovision <laughs> representation. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, they were saying how she's like the Kelly Clarkson, the Nicki Minaj or something. Yeah, of I think it was Iceland. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, like she's yeah. like the Nicki Minaj or Kelly Clarkson of Iceland. Iceland, yeah. Uh, and then we have Graham Norton as himself, uh, who's like pray- playing a commentator for Eurovision. We have uh, Ellen uh, Peter's daughter as Hel- Helka. Uh, Sigrid's mom, uh, Sigrid is. Uh, Rachel McAdams uh, and then we have a bunch of special appearances yeah so we had John Lundfink uh, a contestant for Sweden in 2019 he uh, came in fifth place but I remember him uh, when they did like kind of like a a rundown of what happened the previous year in 2019 yeah. for the 2020 Eurovision yeah. and like his face when he lost that was priceless yeah <laughs> you guys should go to look it up it's basically the other guy wins and he's just like god damn it we lost yeah and he's visibly upset and he doesn't even try to hide it yeah and it was like between him and um sky for netherlands yeah um yeah i remember that and it was so funny uh, so anyway we have anna Adobescu, who was the contestant for Moldovan mm-hmm. in 2019. She made it to the semifinals for that. Then we have Bila Hassani, who was a contestant for France in 2019. He came in 15th place. Uh, then we have Lorene, who is a contestant from Sweden in 2012, and she was a winner for that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Jesse Matador, contestant for france in 2010 he placed in 12th in the final then you have alex ribbach who (laughs) alexander (laughs) ribbach so who he was a contestant for norwegian in 2009 and again in 2018 
He won in 2009 and was placed in 15th for 2018. Serves him right for going twice. You know you only go once. Yes. <laughs> and I only remember him because in the 2009 Eurovision, like, his performance, like, yeah. every time he, like, looked at the camera, he knew women were dropping their panties. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he's like, yeah, I'm, like, rocking the song. Like, his song was Fairy Tales um, for the 20... 20- 2009 Eurovision. Yeah, I remember that was like a huge thing. Like everyone loved him in that song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Jamala, who is a contestant in Ukraine for the 2016. Jamala was actually a winner for that year. Then you have Elena Nechayeva, who is a contestant for Estonia in 2018. I think it's a he uh, placed in eighth. In the final. I think Elena is a she. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a she. Sorry. Yeah. I was, like, thinking, I was, like, I remember it might have been a she, but then I don't know. Yeah. But, okay, so she's, it's, it's a she. Yeah. And then you have Conchita Roost, yep. a contestant for Austria in 2014. He is actually a winner for that year. So, wait, he goes by a he? Yes. Okay, yeah. Even it. though, like, he dresses up in like dresses and then has like long hair yeah he still goes by he okay yes uh then you have netta who's a contestant for israel in 2018 uh winner for that year uh and then finally you have salvador sabral um representative for portugal in 2017 and he was a winner for that year yeah so just to give a little backstory so Eurovision is a song contest that happens every year in Europe. Uh, A lot of American people have never heard of it or not familiar with it at all. It happens every year and each country sends kind of a representative for their music to the song contest. Uh, And there is semifinals and finals and uh, each country gets to vote and they can't vote for themselves and then they get uh, three different vote blocks. They get 8, 10, and 12 votes, and they have to give out each one to a specific country. For example, let's say like Austria votes, and then 30% of the population is like, yeah, we want to vote for, you know, Germany. So they give 10 points to Germany, and then they're like, oh, 50% voted for uh, England. They give 12 votes to England, and then they're like, oh, only 10% voted for. Uh, like Spain yeah Estonia so they give the 10 points to uh, Estonia usually the songs are very connected to the country or the culture that they come from sometimes they even include phrases and words and uh, like actual lyrics in the original language but it's supposed to be in English because they want it to like be a unification thing but sometimes artists say no we want to represent our country better so they include uh, lyrics with their own language in there as well. Um, don't they also like do like every year is like a theme? Don't they have to write their songs around a theme, or does it not? I don't know matter? if there is a theme. I feel like sometimes a theme emerges. Like a few years ago, it was uh, LGBTQ rights, and then uh, I think last year it was uh, the conflict in the Israel between Israel and Palestine, and then a few years before that was something in France. So it's kind of, I don't know if they say this year is going to be about this, but they usually, like, a message comes through from all the songs usually, yeah. I don't think it's really planned. Okay. Um, But as far as the movie itself goes, um, the backstory is kind of like this. Will Ferrell was introduced to Eurovision uh, in 1999 uh, by his Swedish wife, Vivica Pollen. Which is kind of funny because i didn't know about eurovision until you told me yeah and you're from iran yeah so it's 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 almost like for american people someone not from america has to tell you about eurovision yeah and then like the people who don't know what eurovision is like they all they hear from us is like static or (laughs) like every time like this movie comes about like it's just very vague Vague, yeah (laughs) pretty much yeah and it was funny because that year when uh, Will Ferrell got introduced to Eurovision, Sweden actually won with Take Me to Your Heaven, uh, which was a song by 
uh, Shania. Uh, no, sorry. A, a Charlotte Neeson. Yeah, Charlotte Neeson. Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah. No, I, I just, like, because I listened to the song, so I was like, yeah, yeah it kind of has, like, an ABBA feel with, like, a little bit of Shania Twain. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of why. I well, I feel like, a- well, ABBA, they got famous from Eurovision. Mm-hmm. ABBA, yeah. yeah. That's, like, one of the success stories of Eurovision is ABBA. Uh, so in May of 2018, uh, Will Ferrell attended the final Eurovision Song Cost- Contest in Lisbon. Uh, to research possible characters and scenarios for the movie. He spoke to some of the contestants, but spent some time backstage, asked questions, and, you know, wanted to get a general feel of how the contest goes. Uh, By June 18th, they announced that Will Ferrell would star and co-write and produce the film inspired by the competition, and that it would be distributed by Netflix. By 2019, David Dobkin and Rachel McAdams joined as director and lead actress respectfully on the production. Dobkin is known mostly for directing Shanghai Nights, Wedding Crashers, and The Change-Up. We kind of see, like, you know, he does this kind of movie. Yeah. And then uh, Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell were spotted at the dress rehearsal uh, of the 2019 Eurovision in Israel. Um, the stage was built on a soundstage in London for the in-contest scenes where they're actually singing as if they're in the contest, while uh, the other shots were done with the real-life live audience from the Tel Aviv contest. So they actually acted out scenes of the movie in front of the people. No, so, like, they they did the, um, the rest of, like, the scenes, like, while, during the whole, like, rehearsal. Oh, they just and cut then, to it. Yeah, and then uh, when they did their singing performance, yeah, yeah. they actually put in, like, these panels to record, like, to, like, kind of showcase the live audience. Yeah. So then they know what to look what at. What to do. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They also shot a little bit in Scotland and in Iceland. They shot the song scene uh, at the, don't know how to pronounce that, the <laughs> Nebworth House in England. Yeah, it's like the song along that they do with like the past like contestants of Eurovision as well as like with the people for this year. Yeah. Basically. The actors put on Icelandic accent for the film. Uh, they were trained by dialect dialect coaches and the Gagdams actually study videos of Bjork? Yeah, Bjork. Yeah. Yeah, She's Bjork. another famous singer from Iceland. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, the movie was uh, scheduled for a May 2020 release uh, to coincide with the Eurovision contest but uh, when the contest was due uh, was cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the film was released on June 26th on Netflix. Yeah. Which is funny because like I was watching Eurovision this year, and I was thinking, man, it would be so cool if someone made a movie about this. I know. Or if it got, like, more exposure. And then, like, a month later, we were seeing, like, oh, there's this movie on Netflix called Eurovision contest. That's hilarious. Yeah, when I, like, saw, like, the Netflix, like, popping, like, that as, like, a recommendation, I, like, immediately ran to you. Yeah. And I was like, Miro, there's, like, a Eurovision <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, there's a movie. <laughs> Um, um, so, a fun fact, the Elfin plot point uh, is actually a tribute to Hold du Fuck, uh, which is a real Icelandic folk- folklore yeah. about hidden people or elves with supernatural powers who peacefully coexist with humans. Yeah, and uh, something like 45% of the Icelandic population actually believes that this is true. Yeah, yeah, they even have it in, like, some of their laws. Like, um, for their Icelandic road and coastal administration, they actually created a five-page standard reply for press inquiries about elves. So (laughs) if, like, they had to, like, do something on the road or something, they had to make sure that the rocks nearby it isn't disturbed oh wow for the elves yes because like for the real life uh folklore they actually live underneath rocks yeah so like they had to make sure that they don't like interfere with the rocks and then there have been stories where either the machine like breaks down if like it touches a rock or something (laughs) and then like they also experience like some people getting sick or getting i think injured 
but not like super bad where they get killed but just like, enough to stop yeah just mm-hmm. enough to be like okay like this is real yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's go on into the story. Do you uh, want to go? Yeah. Um, so the story of the movie is kind of... Uh, it starts off in Husavik, Iceland, where Lars Eriksson and his best friend Sigrid uh, make music under the band name Fire Saga. Uh, Lars has a huge dream to compete and win the Eurovision Song Contest. He also lives with his widowed father, Eric, who can't afford the house anymore. So he's like basically ki- uh, kicking Will Ferrell out and saying like, hey, time to s- give up on this dream of becoming Iceland's Eurovision representative and winning Europe- Eurovision. Like, grow up. Let's go out fishing so we can afford the house we're living in. Yeah. Um, so Sigrid uh, and Lars apply for the pre-selection for Eurovision like within Iceland. And when the board is deciding who they want to select, the governor of the Central Bank of Iceland actually goes and says, like, hey, just pick anyone at random. Doesn't have to be anyone good either. Like, just pick any lame singer because we already know who we're going to go with. And also, like, we're not trying to win this year because if we win, we'll go bankrupt. Like, we can't host Eurovision next year, so we'll go bankrupt if they do this. They pick their uh, so they try they bring out a box of like CDs and they pick out their submission which is actually on a cassette tape so they're <laughs> like yep this looks shitty so we're gonna go with this so they come uh, they perform and you know it goes like pretty bad yeah it goes pretty bad and then uh, they do uh, like a uh, Sigurd had done like a prayer with the elves saying like hey like I, whatever happens please just let us get picked for for Eurovision because it's Lars's biggest dream and she has a crush on him in the movie so she thinks that like if he is happy that like they're in Eurovision yeah that he'll eventually go go and, with her yeah. you know be with her and yeah so yeah they go they compete against other people and they're clearly the worst out of everyone else in Iceland and then they just run away from the venue and when they run away and are at the safe distance, the boat actually explodes, <laughs> killing all the best performers in Iceland except for them. So they're the only choice by default and they get sent over there. Which, by the way, uh, I, I'm looking for a good time to like bring this up, but I'm going to do it now. So we found out that Lars's last name uh, is Lars Eriksson. Mm-hmm. And Rachel McAdams' da- uh, name is Sigrid Eric's daughter. Oh, because it's like Eric's son and Eric's daughter. Daughter, yeah. Oh. Because in the show, in the, sorry, in the movie, there's this running gag of them possibly being siblings because <laughs> yeah. Piers Brosnan's character is such a playboy that, you know, he has sex with everyone. Oh, yeah. And then, like, every time, like, uh, someone brings up, like, oh, are you guys siblings? And Lars yeah, well, keeps, like, being like, oh, no, we're we're not. But we're... every time they bring up, oh, are you guys, like, together? Are you dating? Rachel McAdams wants to be like, oh, I wish, like, I want to. And then Will Ferrell's like, no, we might be sisters and brothers. Like, he always <laughs> whispers that a little bit. So, uh, Lars and Secret uh, arrive in Edinburgh, Scotland, and Secret struggles with the new remix of the song and then like these elaborate designs and stage, you know, play and all that stuff that Lars like had in mind. And uh, during the rehearsals, they actually met Alexander Lumtov, who is the Russian uh, singer that rep- that is representing for that country. Yep. And he is actually the favorite to win. And while, like, Alex is talking to them, he's like, oh, like, I'm having a party at my house in, like, this elaborate castle in Scotland. Like, this is just one of my homes. Why don't you guys come? And so they, you know, they arrive at the party, which is, like, this big castle (laughs) in Scotland. (laughs) And they attend by... It's, like, attended by a number of, like, both current and former contestants of Eurovision, uh, Alex also introduces them to the Greek singer Mita, and Mita kind of like hangs out with Lars while Alex hangs out with Secret, and they kind of like spend the night almost separate from each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. 
and um, they also have like a song along with like other contestants and then like past contestants and that's where you see all like the special appearances by the that, this, yeah this is like where of the bulk of the special appearances is is at this party they they're like oh don't you know we do the sing along <laughs> and I forgot what they started to sing like I think it was happy oh, no I think it was like uh, do you believe in love like the share uh, song no do you believe in life after love no it wasn't that one. Oh, maybe it was like the black eyed peas yes it was it was okay the black so eyed it went song. from the black eyed peas to share to happy and then to another song song yeah yeah so uh back to the story so tensions rise between lars and secret because like each one thinks that the other person is like having like sex with the like either Alex or Mita. Yeah. Uh, and then they later find out that, oh no, like, you know, Lars didn't do anything with Mita. And then same thing with Alex and Secret. Yep. So then they decided to come back together and then they perform like their um, song Double Trouble, which you stated that it was like incest. Like it was yeah, like it, it, talking it, about incest. Yeah, it has like a little bit of like an incestual like context to it, like subtext. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, like it's bad, but it feels so good. Like it's, you could kind of feel like that's what it was, it was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so apparently like during, like right before the performance, um, Secret gets like a brand new dress and she gets this like really elaborate like yeah. long scarf that she has to wear and then he like Lars tells her is like oh yeah it's like an extra lar- large large yeah. uh, scarf so he like has her stand like in front of the stage like in the foreground of the stage while he's like in the background in the hamster wheel yeah and then <laughs> it's like this needlessly complicated stage yeah uh so as like lars was running in the giant hamster wheel apparently secrets uh scarf gets caught under the wheel then pulls her across the stage knocking the uh, mechan- mechanism that's yeah. holding the wheel in place and so this leads the wheel to like move across the stage Ugh. towards the audience and then by the time that they finish the song like it's basically only silence and like scattered laughter happening yeah. so because Lar- something like that i feel like never happens at eurovision most of the like screw-ups in eurovision happen uh when like the announcers are talking or when uh, like the, the when they go to each different country so each country can announce its votes usually during the per- performances it's pretty like well rehearsed and you know they're on top of it oh okay yeah yeah well because like it seems like that they do so many like rehearsals so yeah. i'm assuming like they already got like the stuff together by the time that the semi-finals or finals get in yeah so um when like when Lars, like, you know, goes backstage, like, he's, like, really upset and then just decides that, you know, he's had enough of this um, competition and just wants to leave. So then he leaves, heads back to Iceland while uh, Secret stays behind, you know, to represent Iceland. And, like, ironically, they yeah. they move on to this, the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they get, I wouldn't say the pity vote, but they get the pity vote. Because there's always a pity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, Sigrid knows that she's going to be in it. Uh, but Lars doesn't. So Lars heads back to his hometown and, like, goes on a fishing trip with his dad, who also doesn't know that he's still in it because uh, as soon as he saw them, like, screw up on live TV, he just kind of left. And then while they're talking, um, Lars admits that, oh, yeah, like, I have, I'm in love with, uh, secrets and I should go back to her and uh, while like they're having this conversation one of the fishermen on the boat like says like oh um, you know you you guys are still in on the yeah. competition so then uh, <laughs> Lars like you know jumps out of the boat swims all the way to land and then while he is like running back home to like get his things to head to the airport he gets Victor, who is like the um, the person in charge of the bank, yeah, tries to kill him. 
Well, actually, he picks him up, and then while, like, he's taking him to the airport, Lars states that, oh, wait, like, can we just, like, stop somewhere? So then they stop at, back at the elf house, and then he gives them, like, whiskey, and then, like, a couple other things, and then, like, tells them, like, oh, like, please, like, help us, like, yeah, win this competition and yeah. all that stuff. And then when he comes back, that's when Victor tries to kill him. Yeah. Because he's like, no, like, if you win, then we're gonna go bankrupt. Like, we yeah. can't afford, like, to host, like, competition here. Yeah. And then while, like, they're scuffling, uh, <laughs> like, all of a sudden, Victor gets stabbed by this knife that was thrown by one of the elves. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And we don't see the elf. We just see, like... We just see the door open. Yeah. And then, like, a knife being thrown. Thrown, yeah. And then, like, when Lars turns back to the house, like, the door Door. immediately closes. Yeah. And then Lars is like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just going to put this blade down. Yeah. I'm going to put the blade down. I'm going to put the knife down so you can take it. (laughs) Yeah, so you can reuse it if you want to. Yeah. Uh, so then they, you know, he somehow, like, makes it back to Scotland in time to perform with Secrets. Uh, however, right before they're about to perform, Lars states, like, oh, why don't you perform the song that you've been working on? Yeah. So earlier in the film, mm-hmm. she was working on the song that was supposed to be for Lars, but Lars thought that, oh, like, that song is for Alex. Yeah. But it was actually for him. So then when he found out about that, he was like, oh, why don't you sing about this instead yeah. of our Double Trouble song? Yeah. So then she sings. It goes pretty well. And then, like, at the end, they're disqualified. But then they get together. They yeah. become a couple. And then I would say a little over a year later, uh, Firesauger is back in Iceland performing. Yeah. Like, in the bar that they usually perform at. Yeah, which is pretty typical. Like, once these guys come and perform, you usually don't hear too much about them after. It's kind of like this is their, like, one week of fame type of thing. Yeah. Basically, uh, the band, like, plays and performs for actually, like, their parents' wedding. Like, (laughs) Eric and then Secret's uh, mom Mom, get together and get married and then, uh, and then also Lars and Secret also had a baby together. Yeah. So then, well, so then Lars is like carrying this baby as they're <laughs> singing, and then at the end of like congratulating their parents on getting married and everything, Lars offers to play their Eurovision song. But then everyone just wants to hear the local favorite folk song, Ja Ja Ding Dong. Yeah. <laughs> Or is it like ya ya ding dong? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so yeah, which is like a song about a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to point on you know bring up like accuracy of mm-hmm. like uh, the movie and the competition. Mm-hmm. So like based on like what I looked up, apparently the semifinal scores are not revealed on the night that mm-hmm. the semifinals happen. They actually uh, happen, what, like a few days mm-hmm. after uh, the semifinals uh-huh. or something. And then also, like, because UK uh, only competes in the grand finale because it is one of, like, the big five contributors of the mm-hmm. contest. So it's like they basically don't have to do the semifinals, but then everyone else has to do it. Yeah. So they uh, kind of buy their way into the finals, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but then, I mean, like, you don't really, you don't really see a lot of them win. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's fine too because their songs are going to be in English, and like, you know, it's not going to be like anything too different. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then also there are two semifinal events that happen before the final mm-hmm. event. Uh, and then, like, the exact points are received by each country, basically what you were explaining. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, to ensure that there are no favorites going into the final. Yeah. And then also, uh, Eurovision is hosted by the previous winner's country with co-host. So they were saying in the article that I read that it kind of, like, assumes that the previous winner was from Scotland. 
And so that's why, like, the mm-hmm. Eurovision is in Scotland. Yeah. And also that the host, they don't really, like, do it solo. Mm-hmm. So Graham Norton would have been with someone else. Yeah. And it's usually, like, with, like, another person, probably, like, a person from another country. Because mm-hmm. um, one example was, like, the last time UK hosted in Eurovision was in 1998. Uh, when they had a BBC commentator, Terry Wogan, mm-hmm. uh, fronted the contest alongside with Ulrika Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, who I believe was like a Swedish uh, singer or mm-hmm. something. Uh, and then also songs cannot go more than three minutes uh, since the event tends to last like about five hours. Yeah. Each act should only be three minutes and only have 30 seconds to prepare themselves you know before they start their song yeah and then if they go over they will be disqualified uh and then it stated in the article that Lars and Secret definitely went over yeah the three minute mark <laughs> yeah that song did feel like it was pretty long yeah yeah and they were already disqualified anyway because they performed a song that was different than the one they performed in the last uh, last leg of the competition. Yeah. So. And then finally, uh, the commentators do not talk during the acts. Uh, and it, this is to allow viewers to watch the performance in their full glory, no matter how lacking they could be. So with Graham, like just commentating throughout the entire song yeah. that Lars and Secret are doing, it's a it kind of wouldn't happen yeah because then it's like well we can't hear what they're saying or we can't like see the performance because you're talking Mm. um so yeah that's kind of it for accuracy so let's talk about the characters uh what did you think about will ferrell as uh lars erickson well i think like he is kind of like a goofball (laughs) Uh uh-huh he's kind of like a goofball where it's like i feel like that he's like one of those people that like still believes that he can do it even though a lot of people like deny like there's like oh like i don't think he can win this competition but then he's like so into like wanting to yeah and i feel like he has like determination and then at the same time i feel that like if something goes wrong like if you know he he embarrasses himself on stage like he he goes into this whole like mode where it's like he's like you know, feels like he's a failure and, like, feels like that he's not worthy to, yeah. <laughs> to live type of thing. Yeah. He gets discouraged. Like, he doesn't get discouraged. He, like, gives up pretty easily if he's confronted with something, like, really embarrassing. Uh, but the Eurovision is everything he's ever wanted. Like, we saw in the beginning of the movie, like, when as a kid he's not really talking except when everyone starts praising whoever's on eurovision on the tv like his family's like oh that's pretty nice blah 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 then he starts he runs up to the tv and starts singing and dancing and then everyone's like oh wow look and he's talking now and he's like screw you guys i'm gonna win this contest and make everyone like me so that's kind of his motivation for why he wants to win eurovision it's pretty weak i think as like a character motivation because he's like a kid i don't know maybe it's because of the way the movie showed us but like he just randomly gets up starts dancing in front of the movie and he's like i'm gonna win eurovision that's what i'm gonna do and then later on in the movie he says um he wanted to do it to prove his dad wrong that he is good at something uh but we never got that in the beginning no it it kind of felt like it was just you know an old like a middle-aged person living with his dad and I feel like if they, like, put more into development with, like, him and his dad in terms of, like, maybe, like, he's doing this, like, because he wants yeah. to, like, be, like, the son that he actually, you know, is and not being like, oh, yeah, you have all these other sons that you might have with other women, but, like, you know, pick me as, like, your son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Uh, so then let's go to Rachel McAdams, who plays Secret Eric's daughter. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. Well, that's because you like Rachel McAdams. I do. She was great. 
Yeah, I remember when I was like, I don't really think that's like her her voice when she was singing. Uh, and then you're like, no, 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 it's her voice. Yeah. And then I like research it and I was like, no, it's Molly <laughs> that you're listening to. Yeah, I I like her as a like actress and everything, but the the accents that everyone was doing felt kind of like they were coming and going sometimes. Like, sometimes the accent would be really good. Other times it would be really sloppy. Well, I think, like, her her accent was pretty, you know, pretty good. I think, like, she kind of got what, like, an Icelandic person would probably, you okay. know, talk. In my opinion. Uh, I also feel like that um, for a secret, like, she's kind of, like, very optimistic. And... She always yeah. tries to please uh, Lars whenever she can. And she was like a very ditzy type of character. Like, you know, she still communicates with the elves. Uh, she can marry any other man she wants, but she still likes Will. Like, you know, it, it almost feels like we've seen all of these characters in other Will Ferrell movies. Like, it's pretty standard at this point. All of these characters and everything that happens in the movie is pretty standard. The only refreshing part was it being in the context of Eurovision. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's a normal Will Ferrell movie. There isn't, oh, yeah. It's not a good movie. It's just... No, no, no. I, <laughs> I had, like, pretty low expectations of Yeah, this exactly. Movie. Because I was like, I just want to watch it because, like, it's about Eurovision. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, I really want to... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, your expectations are got to be low because it's, like, a shitty Will Ferrell movie. But... Once you watch it, and, like, if you appreciate Eurovision and, like, all of that, then you're like, oh, it's a pretty decent movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move on to Dan Stevens, who plays Alexander Lemtoff. I th- I felt like that yeah. it was pretty obvious that he is, like, a closet gay person. Yeah. <laughs> because, and- like, he had, in his, like, castle, he had, like, these, like, statues of him with his semi-erect penises. Yeah. And then... <laughs> His act was him being a lion tamer, and all the lions are, like, sexy, half-dressed men. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll whip them. I'll whip them into submission and all this stuff. Uh, Oh, also, he plays... um, He plays... Oh, my God, I forgot the name. Uh, This Marvel character on a show. Um, Oh. Not Vision. Oh, my God. Well, I do remember that he is the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Like, the new one? Yeah, the live-action one. Okay. Yeah, but he's in this show where uh, he plays a, a Marvel mutant that has, like, multiple personalities. Oh, Legion. Yes, Legion. That's the name. Yeah. Uh, he's the main guy in Legion. He's Legion and Legion. Uh, and in is that, he Legion and Legion? Yeah, he's Legion and Legion. <laughs> And he's really good in that. Like, in it's one of those roles where he has to switch uh, personalities, uh, like, quickly. Uh, and he does a really good job in that show. Uh, and I feel like in this... <laughs> I don't know if it's because I watched the show already or not, but I felt like in this movie he was one of those personalities. <laughs> you know? Of, like, he's just playing that persona. Yeah. But it's funny because he was playing the persona of a straight person pretending to be a gay russian person (laughs) yes i felt like that he was very outgoing in his like in terms of like his sexuality to the point where like he didn't say that he was gay yeah but then you could kind of imply that he was gay yeah yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that like i mean you're more than happy to be gay okay and be proud (laughs) (laughs) not not directing towards you but like you know Like, it's, like, it's okay to, you know, be out and about. Okay. And I guess, like, apparently because, like, he is from Russia that he can't really be gay. Yeah. And outgoing, you know, like, out like that. He even says it to Rachel McAdams. Like, Rachel McAdams is like, hey, like, why are you still flirting with me? Like, I know you're gay. Yeah. And he's like, what? I'm not gay. We don't have gay people in Russia. And it's really funny because that's what all the countries that uh, are against gay people that's what they say they're like no we don't have gay people here oh yeah like in like south africa and, yeah and yeah. in iran too they there were a lot of gay people and they're like no we don't have gay people it's like <laughs> dude they're like literally banging on the street right now 
They're like right next to you. Yeah. No, 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 no. You have a penis in your mouth right now. <laughs> okay. But then I do remember that like Mita actually like encouraged him like, oh, move to Greece. Like, you know, come yeah. live with me. Yeah. No. She, I feel like she was being more of like a supportive friend. Like an like, ally. Yeah, yeah. She knew that he was gay, so she was just like, hey, man, it's totally cool. Just, like, dump Russia and come live with me. Yeah. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, go to, like, bars and, like... <laughs> yeah. Party. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then we have uh, Mikhail Persbrand uh, as Victor Carlson. Carlson. He was playing the... Uh, um, the guy for the bank. Yeah, he was the governor of the Central Bank of Iceland, which is such a weird like character to have in your movie, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, he's a Swedish actor, and he was you know playing a Swedish guy. I think he did a pretty good job. It was really... no, I thought he was an Icelandic guy. I think all. Oh, of... I'm sorry, Icelandic. I misspoke. Yeah, he was playing an Icelandic guy. I mean, they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was playing that guy and. You know, it wasn't that bad. Um, pretty. I felt like that he uh, didn't have his character explain more. I felt like that it's like in the beginning yeah. you could kind of hint that he's going to be the bad guy, and then he doesn't come around until like near the end. I, I think it was more of a he didn't know that he was in a Will Ferrell comedy. Oh. I think he was playing a serious guy. Like, hey, I'm seriously the bank. The central bank of I- I'm the guy that runs the central bank of Iceland, and I cannot let these guys win because then we'll go bankrupt. Oh. Like I think he, it was never communicated to him that hey, your motives are supposed to be ridiculous. You know, oh. your motivations are supposed to be like really funny and exaggerated and ridiculous. But to him, like to their to Northern European sense of humor, that's like. No, okay, yeah, so I'm the guy that doesn't want this to happen. Oh, I see. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, next we have Pierce Brosnan uh, as Eric Eriksson. Uh, he was Lars's dad. Uh, he did a good accent, I think. I felt like that his accent kind of sounded Swedish in some way. Sweet? I thought Scottish. I thought he was just, like, doing a Scottish accent. I mean, kind of. I just, like, kind of felt that he was like more swedish sure. and then also like oh, the mustache um, see, I, see just now i said scottish when i meant irish because he is irish yeah he so is he irish. was probably doing like an irish accent you know but then i kind of like that he had like a mustache because it, yeah, it just made them, him look like a goofball yeah that m- mustache was pretty awesome yeah um yeah so in the movie he comes off as this like playboy guy that like bangs every woman in the in the village type of guy. Yeah, and then kind of doesn't have, like, a great relationship with his son because of, like... His, his... obsession? Well, no, it's more... I think, like, it might have been, like, because his, like, wife died that, like, he was like, oh, like, you're just... You're kind of, like, the offspring of her, so then every time I look at you, yeah. I'm thinking of my wife. Oh, yeah. So it could be more of that, where it's, like... He doesn't like him because every time he looks at him, he thinks of his former yeah. wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of felt that he still had like guilt, like kind of still had like, um, how would you say, like mourning for yeah. his wife. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't until Helka like came up to him and was like, oh, hey, yeah, remember me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That he realized that, oh, like, he can move on. Like, yep. he doesn't have to, like, be, like, this, like, grumpy old man. And, yeah. Um, so that's kind of all I got from him. Uh, so next we'll go to Olafu, <laughs> Olafur, uh, Dari Olafsson. Yep. Uh, who plays Niels Brangus. Yep. <laughs> uh, he was the president of RUV, the Icelandic National Public Service Broadcaster. I kind of felt that he, he, for me, he reminded me of um, like an opera singer. Yeah. He yeah. kind of had like that, that kind of like voice and I would say like he had like the, he didn't have a beard, but like 
it kind of felt like that he would have like a really great beard. Yeah. And then looking at him right now, he has like a really great beard. Yeah, he should, you know, he should bring that beard back. Uh, you guys might actually know him from the Meg in 2018. He was one of the scientists that goes down in the submarine. Um, he played again another like Icelandic character in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, uh, where Walter goes to Iceland. So he plays an Iceland guy there. I think he's a oh, and pilot. He, wa- he played in A Walk Among the Tombstones. I've never seen that. That's um, pretty, it's pretty yeah. good. Cool. Yeah, he's actually in a bunch of stuff. Uh, for some reason, like when I we were watching the movie, I thought he was also in the prequel to The Thing. Uh, I thought oh. he was in that, but I don't see that under his uh, filmography right now. So I'm going to say that he's not in that. But yeah, um, he did an alright job. Like the few, the next couple people we were going to talk about, their characters were pretty minor, I feel like. Yeah, but um, I kind of have like a couple comments about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they were still impactful to the story. Uh, like the next person, uh, Melisanthi Mahout as Mita Zanakis, uh, the Greek uh, contestant. Yeah, the Greek contestant. I kind of felt that she she kind of reminded me of like this kind of woman that is like pretty chill friend. Yeah. You know, like a person that you could go to a bar with and then like not had to be, not had to worry about like being like draw, you know, being like, you yeah. know, left in the side of the road or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I feel like that sh- you would have like a really great time with her based on yeah. like her persona in the character. It, it almost did feel like she wasn't really acting in the movie. She was just kind of like... Like being herself. Yeah, just being yourself. Because her part was, okay, you're this guy's ally. And then you're just another contestant in this thing. Um, And yeah, you're just there to, like, have a good time. And you're flirting with Will Ferrell. That's pretty much it. Um, Lately, though, she's been doing a lot of uh, voiceover work for the Assassin's Creed uh, games. That's uh, primarily what, uh, what she does now. Uh, but she was also, um, you know, I believe a contestant in Eurovision originally. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so then we have Joy Johansson, who plays Jorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a member of the Icelandic Eurovision Committee. He was actually the guy that pulled the cassette tape. Oh, off. yeah. And yeah. he, he kind of reminded me of, like, this guy who... Um, like really wants to like have hope and like who wants to do something cool yeah Yeah. like kind of wants to you know have like iceland like actually win eurovision for the first time and then like i also feel like he's kind of one of those people that isn't like victor where he's like very negative like he kind of feels like like he has like kind of like hope and like positivity for the competition and same thing with the the woman that works with him, um, uh, Anna. Yeah, uh, who's played by Alfru Rose. Um, she kind of looked looked a little bit funny. Uh, she kind of reminded me of, of Bjork. A little where bit. It's like very like elaborate like outfits and yeah, like very colorful, uh, very like she always had like a bow on yep. her ha- hair and then. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's funny because she was also in she was in this movie and then she was in another Fantastic Beasts movie, uh, which a lot of these actors now that we're going through their IMDb accounts, a lot of them are actually in Fantastic Beasts movies. Uh, so that's kind of funny. Um, her character was okay. She didn't do a lot, um, but you know. Yeah, I mean, like she she did like comments against having fire saga she was like oh my god like we're gonna have fire saga yeah compete like this yeah, is like, like this is bs yeah yeah uh but on the other hand we also had demi lovato in the movie who in the movie was uh playing katiana uh lind lind's daughter katiana lind's daughter and she was supposed to be the one to represent iceland yeah she was like their favorite yeah uh, but she dies in the in the explosion, and then she haunts uh, Lars, Lars for like 
a I think like times. two see two scenes. Yeah. Because like he enters like the stage one time and then she's like, Oh, like turn back. Your your life is in grave danger. Yeah. So then he runs away because he's like, you know, scared out of his mind. Yeah. And then the second time is like when he's heading there for the final, final. and then she comes up and is like, Oh, you were in grave danger and then he's like, Yeah, I, I know like Victor was about to kill me and yeah. he got killed by elves and then she was like oh okay and then like disappears yeah he's like dude you're late like he already tried <laughs> killing me um yeah it was it was kind of cool to see her cause she, Demi Lovato is like American right yeah I mean yeah yeah I right so. <laughs> I'm like I, I don't actually know I mean like, like I know that she did like Disney stuff right she was, like, I know she's those. famous here it was cool to see like a singer that's famous in America be in the movie because yeah she's American yeah um because you don't get that in in Eurovision like there are no Americans there so it was kind of cool to see like an American there I hope they never let Americans in there just cause it's like why do you need to be in everything but it's called Eurovision oh yeah so it's like you don't but then like it. you also have Will Ferrell so then it's like yeah but this is a movie not an actual oh you're no. talking about the real competition yeah I'm talking about the real competition yeah, yeah. it's like why would we want to be yeah it's yeah. like America already like runs the music industry yeah worldwide so it doesn't need to go there but it was cool to see her like she I was like wait is that who I think it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, next up we have Graham Norton uh, who's playing himself being a Eurovision commentator. I feel like they didn't give him a lot to do. Yeah, I kind of felt that, yeah. like, in my opinion, it would have been great if, like, um, he, like, did, like, more stuff. Like, he did, like, him, like, going up to the contestants, talking Interviewing to them. Interviewing them, yeah. Yeah, or, like, um, I don't know, like, going to the party and, it's like, sn- snorting cocaine. cocaine or, like, yeah. something. Kind of like Michael Sarah in This Is The End It. You yeah. You know, like, oh, like, this is how Graham Norton is? Like, something completely crazy. Yeah, like, he's, like, this, like, nice guy, like, in public, but then, like, during the party, he's, like, yeah. freaking, like, insane. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, yeah. But... Instead, we got him sitting behind the big desk, very static and boring, just like saying, oh, now they're coming out and uh, they're performing badly. How can Iceland let this happen? And then cut to the next scene and it's like, oh, okay, that wasn't good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, we have Ellen Peters' daughter uh, who plays Helka. Yeah, who is uh, the mom for Secret. Yes. Yeah. Like, for a moment, I thought that she looked like this one lady. I think, like, it's this one Swedish lady mm-hmm. um, who kind of looks like her, but is a little bit older. And I thought that that was her, but then it turns out that it's, like, a completely different person. Person, yeah. Uh, I do feel like I've seen her face look alike in a lot of horror movies, uh, but that wasn't her. Uh, she's... she's a relatively like unknown slash recent actress her like youngest credit on imdb is a short in 2000 uh, called one night um and then she did very like sporadic things here and there uh there were years where she didn't do anything but then like recently she's gotten like a couple of like stuff so she has like your vision she did helped perfect yeah. Uh, it's like a TV series. Uh, then you have Devil's Bride in 2016, Home in 2013, yeah. uh, Apiron. A, a Pier- Apiron? Apiron. Apiron. Uh, Apiron. I don't know. <laughs> in 2013, Stars Above in 2012. So, yeah, like, it's like you're starting to see some. Yeah. I hope she does more. She wasn't bad. No. Um,. She again, didn't do much. <laughs> yeah, again, like, she she was just there to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, her mom. I don't even know if she had a speaking line. No, she did. She, she talked did? to Secret, um, because, like, she was talking to um, her when they were in the village, um, talking to her about, like, oh, yeah, like, I really love Lars, but, yeah. like, he's really focused on, like, this performance. Mm-hmm. 
And then Helka was like, oh, well, you know, like, just keep trying. Just, like, keep, you know, yeah, keep being nice and keep doing this and that. And then all of a sudden, like, she shows up at the bar <laughs> yeah. for um, Eric. And and then, like, they get together mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was, like, because, like, they used to be in love before. But then, like, you know, I want to believe out. that it's the love between... Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell that inspired the world to oh, love, love again. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were like, "Oh yeah, our our children are getting together. Why don't we? Get Why together? don't we do it too? Fuck yeah, it. yeah." Um, so yeah, those are kind of our impressions of the characters overall. The movie, like I said a little bit ago, it was like a really generic Will Ferrell comedy. Yeah, me too. I felt like that um, if you take out Iceland and then, like, the accent and Eurovision, I think it would be the same as, yeah. like, I don't know, like, Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Because or... it was so form- formulaic, right? Like, as soon as you introduce them, you can tell, like, oh, okay, they they secretly like each other, They they'll, then they'll fight, and then they'll like each other again, and then at the end we'll find out they're married. You know, like, you can see that when you when the movie starts. Like, when you see them as kids, you're like, okay, this is what's going to happen to them. And you, you're you not that far off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, if you have, like, low expectations, yeah, then it's like, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, with low, entering with low expectations helps. Um, and there is probably... The movie is two hours long, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. And if they really wanted to they could probably trim a good 20 25 minutes off of this movie i would say 30 minutes i think like for this like structure like this type of comedy it kind of felt like it should have been like a 90 minute film film yeah than like a uh 120 film yeah because like it just felt like in the beginning but it was i think an hour and 40 minutes it was like super long no, I think it was about two hours. But, like, um, it, it was just, like, um, like it was really fast in the beginning. And then once they, the um, song-along happened, the sing-along happened, yeah. then, like, it kind of slowed down. Because then you have, like, random, like, scenes, like, him, like, in, like, the, uh, what do you call it? Um, the fountain? Yeah, yeah. When he was, like, talking to himself in the fountain. And then you also had, like, like the same thing with um, Demi Lovato's character coming in and out. Yeah. Like, as a ghost. I'm like, there was no point. Yeah, and they kept cutting back to the people uh, that run the Eurovision thing. They're like, oh, they're doing it. They're not doing it. Uh, The songs should have been longer, but also shorter. Like, they picked the weirdest times to, like, play the longer songs yeah it, that i think they could have trimmed it down a little bit yeah we just looked at it two hours long uh yeah it could have been an hour 30 maybe less yeah because yeah. i i felt like the beginning had like a strong strong setup yeah and that usually happens in a lot of screenplays is that like the beginning is like really strong like middle is okay and then the third is like oh what happened kind of yeah. like stephen king's it whereas like the beginning, middle is like pretty good, and then the end, Struggles and then they're like, "Wait, why do you have a fucking spider for a yeah. villain?" Like that type of thing. Yeah, um, I think what probably happened with it, honestly, was that kind of like budgetary things. Yeah. Because I feel like they could have fit in another artist, another act, something cool to watch, uh, but instead they chose boring things for us to watch because it's eurovision like they the only other act we saw was we saw meet Mita's yeah um, but act. only a little bit yeah like, and then like we saw most of uh, alex's yeah well for alex we saw more so technically we only saw like one other person's act like if it would have helped if they uh if they did more of that like hey if you're gonna make a movie about eurovision at least give us some songs Yes. They don't have to be original. Just bring them back up here and be like, perform the song you performed at Eurovision. Like, just do it. And it'll be in the movie. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah. Those were my thoughts on the movie and the characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I already told mine, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add? I didn't know that it was PG-13. I thought mm-hmm. it was like R. <laughs> really? I don't know. I just felt like it was an R-rated movie. I didn't I, like expect it to be. This could be a PG movie. Mm, no, I think like I don't know. I just had this like vision that it was a rated R movie. Huh. I don't mm. know. Maybe it's just me. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm like more boobs and more blood. <laughs> more boobs. It was that arm falling from the sky. Not enough. No. No, no, no. Not for a murderino. No. <laughs> nope. I mean, you see me. Like, I listen to so many serial killer podcasts. podcasts yeah. And, like, watch so many murder mystery movies and, like, <laughs> documentaries about murders. And <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't sleep at night. And then you're okay, like, oh, I can't like... be alone in the dark. <laughs> no, They'll I get have... me. No, They'll, I have here. Nora. I have Nora with me. I am totally fine. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> all right guys uh well thank you for listening uh we hope everyone's having a good week a good weekend Mm -hmm. uh i hope everyone's safe yeah uh please uh keep sharing this to your friends and family members and um if you can review us on apple podcasts um, or wherever you listen to it give us a thumbs up mainly just apple podcasts and soundcloud but like yeah and google google Oh, you do? Yeah, it's on Google. Oh, cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's on Google now. Yeah. It's been on Google since the beginning. Hey, we're making this happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Hope everyone's uh, safe. Uh, Stay inside. Wash your hands. Well, now you have to. Oh, yeah. We're shut down again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for listening and hope to see you guys. Well, listen to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs)